should be uh, in Revelation 2, verse 3. It has born, has uh, patience, and for my name's sake, has labored, has not fainted. So you forget everything I set up until I just read that verse. But he says, my name, when you are talking about calling on the name of the Lord, uh, the name of Jesus, it saves. That's Romans 10, 13. The Bible repeatedly emphasizes that sinners are saved by believing on His name. So there in verse 3, it talks about His name. So we're going to look at His name this morning and see how important it is. Some people try to sound uber-spiritual and, you know, they, they uh, quote different forms of transliterated names of Jesus. I don't, I say Jesus. When I pray, I pray in Jesus' name. When I talk, I talk in, about Jesus. I don't talk about, you know, Yeshua or anything like that. You know, people want to do that, that they can do that. I'm just telling you, if you got up in, in uh, the legislature and you said, well, I pray in the name of Yeshua, that's different from saying, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, yes. our Lord and Savior. You see, there's one name under heaven, and, and, and it's the name Jesus. It's the name that is most hated in the world. It is the name that's most loved in the world. And that's what's really neat. So I want you to run some references with me. We're going to start in Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. You might say, well, Jesus is the English name. And yes, that God chose English as the language of the world here in the last day. I told you this repeatedly. When you fly into a country internationally from another country, those air traffic controllers have the name, I mean, have uh, English as the language where they're speaking to the airline pilot. Because it's the language that every air traffic controller uses in every plane because it is the national language. Everybody wants to learn English. You go to China, they want to learn English. You go, I mean, I'm talking about the newer generations. The older ones are set in their ways. I went to you know, Germany and it's like, if you don't try to speak German, they don't like you. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like you're, you're arrogant American. And, and I get that. But the practicality of the issue is, most people want to learn English and the, and the world is dominated by English. Now, Spanish is overtaking us in some ways, but, but uh, I don't think you'll ever overtake English. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. God gave him a name, and that name is Jesus. And she shall bring forth a son, and I shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So what was his name? It was Jesus. Who gave him his name? God gave him his name. It wasn't Mary, it wasn't Joseph. Um, it, was, it was God that named him Jesus. Now look at John chapter 1. John chapter 1, we'll run some other references on this. Sinners must believe on His name for salvation. That's the name of Jesus. John 1 verse 12. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. So what do you got to do? You got to believe on His name. How do you get saved? You believe on His name. That's what saves a sinner from their sins, is believing on the name of Jesus Christ. Look at John chapter 3. John chapter 3, we can go through quite a few verses here, we're just going to stick into verse 18. It says, He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. 
Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Why is your person condemned? Because they haven't believed in the name of Jesus Christ. What is the name of Jesus Christ? He's a name which is above every name. Amen. Every knee is going to bow in the name of Jesus. You say, well, that's the English name. And again, that's God. People say, well, I, I, think, I think it's Greek. Well, because I think you're too exclusive with English. Do you know how exclusive Greek is? And God chose Greek to give us the New Testament. But God chose Hebrew to give us the Old Testament. So if God chose Hebrew, was that exclusive? Yeah. Sure if God chose Greek, was that exclusive? Yes. If God chose English, is that exclusive? Yes, but not near as exclusive as the other two. So I'm telling you that God chose the language of English to, to use it to evangelize the world. That's what he's done. English, when you know English and you go into a country, yes, you can translate in other languages. But the one that is peculiarly able to contain the perfect word of God is English. We have a vocabulary in English that is just astounding. And when the King James Bible was translated in the 1600s, English was at its peak. It's, it's gone down ever since. Before that, it was not formed in fashion. In fact, they believed, and they've said this, and English writers have written this, that the King James Bible solidified the language of English. It's the language of Shakespeare. It's the language that God chose to use to get the gospel around the world. Look at Acts now. Acts chapter 4. Acts 4. The Bible says His name is the only name for salvation. Acts 4 verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. How many names are given? Allah? Allah can't save you. Right. Buddha? Buddha can't save you. Sir. Hare Krishna? He can't save you. There's one name and it's Jesus. Yeah. So when you're looking at, at Revelation chapter 2, in verse 3 it says, And has born, has patience, and for my name's sake, has labored, has not fainted. You do everything in the name of Jesus. Now, you don't have to be belligerent about it. You don't have to be hateful about it. You don't have to be aggressive about it. But I'm here to tell you, when I pray, I pray in the name of Jesus. Some, you, know, you know I'm a chaplain with the police department. I'm a chaplain with the military. And I pray in the name of Jesus. And some people say, well, that's offensive. Precisely. I can change that. And this doesn't mean you have to do it. You can, chant, you can say, I pray in the name of your precious Son. Amen. You can do that. You can say, you know, I, I, I pray in, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. You can do that. I choose to pray in the name of Jesus. Because I know that's the name that saved my soul. I know that's the one who died on the cross. I know that's the one that shed his blood. I know that's the one that's changed the world and actually split time. B.C., before Christ, A.D., in the year of our Lord, Anno Domini. That's right. That's what name we're talking about here. And there's none other name given among men whereby we must be saved. Now look at Matthew chapter 18. 
Matthew 18. Now we looked at that name. Now I want to talk about God being in the midst of those gathered together in the name of Jesus. When we gather together, we don't gather together in the name of Faith Independent Baptist Church. We don't gather together in, in the name of, of a pastor or in the name of a deacon or the name of any church member in here. We don't gather together. We gather together in one name, and that's that name, Jesus. Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. You're gathered together in His name. That's why we get together. Even when we have a fellowship, a church fellowship, why are we gathered together? Oh, we need to be gathered together. We have pastor's appreciation. We need to be gathered together for pastor's appreciation. But you know why we're gathered together? Because if we didn't have the name of Jesus, we'd have no reason to have pastor appreciation. We have a, we have a Christmas gathering. We gather together while we're, we're all gathered together to, you know, have a dirty Santa thing where they steal presents from each other. I mean, of course it's got to be glorified. Sure. We gather together in the name of Jesus because if we didn't have Jesus, we wouldn't have the commonality that we need to That's right. That's the commonality I have with you is Jesus. Amen. The commonality you have with each other is Jesus. When, when I was over there and I was taking the staples out of my wife's knee, guess what we had in common? Jesus. It's that name. We were almost down together in that little room, and there we were, you know, the name of Jesus. And listen, I was praying, and she was in pain. And, you know, I'm grabbing her hand. She's, well, she's grabbing mine. And I said, ah, I'll put ice on the other leg. So I put the ice pad on the other leg, and it seemed to help a little bit. Not much as she, you know, it's like, you remember we adopted our two children, so I didn't have to go through what some of you husbands went through, all those things your wife said to you. <laughs> I was feeling like that a little bit today. No, not really. She, she just printed it. It's like, man, you guys and all your pain. I'm finding out it's hard to have their pain than my pain. Look at uh, John now. Go back to the book of John. We're going to start in chapter 14. You know, Jesus taught his believers how to pray. You know what they're supposed to pray in? The name? Jesus. Matthew, or John 14, 13. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. How do you, what do you ask for things in, in the name of Jesus? Now, it's not some type of mantra. It's not some type of repetitive prayer. It's not something where you go, oh, you know, you're going you're gonna, to you know, be like the monks. No. You ask in the name of Jesus. That's why we always pray in Jesus' name or in, in the Son's name. And listen, I don't want you to get over um, conscious of what I'm saying. If you prayed and I asked you to close the prayer and you said, you know, in the Son's name, please don't worry about it. I mean, just do what is more natural and don't be overly concerned with praying to others. You're praying to God. And, and, and that's what's important. But you ought to pray in Jesus' name. When we ask for a blessing on food, we say, in Jesus' name, amen. It ought not be something you just go through as a you know, routine. It ought to be what you truly believe. Look at John chapter 15. Verse 16. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit. And if your fruit should remain, then whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. 
You ought to ask in Jesus' name. Right. Now, you, again, it's got to be something from the heart. You can't go, oh yeah, let me tack that on and preach yourself need to ask in Jesus' name. I think I'll put that at the end of my prayer. You need to have it from the heart. You need to pray from the heart. And then when you go to God, you let Him lead you. Look at John chapter 16, verse 23. And in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Ask in Jesus' name. Believers are to pray in Jesus' name. Listen, this is the truth of the, this foundation for answered prayers, praying in Jesus' name. It doesn't mean, you know, you can pray outside the will of God and get what you claim. And we're not name it, claim it. That's the television people. It's not some module. I say in Jesus' name, I get whatever I want. No, do that. Going back to Matthew chapter 10 again. Matthew 10. He taught his believers that people would hate them for his name. People will hate you for the name of Jesus. Now, not everybody. I was so pleasantly surprised when I went over there and the guy says, Y'all still have give out gospel tracts? I was like, whoa, this is a new one. I'm going to be witness to it. So I mean, he knew I was a preacher already. Um, but there he is, and he's giving me his gospel tracts. Hey, he didn't hate me. Right. We had a commonality there. But the world's going to hate you in general. Look at Matthew 10, verse 22. Jesus prophesied, that you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth the end shall be saved. Now, that endure the end is not what you think it is, and he's right. been taught wrong all these years. During that time, you know, it's physical salvation, number one, not eternal salvation. And Matthew 24 repeats that in the context of Daniel's 70th week. And it isn't, well, i got to work, 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 and, and endure the end. No, God is going to help people endure. But those that don't endure mean that they got caught during Daniel's 70th week. They were killed during Daniel's 70th week. And what happened? They didn't endure. The only people that endure are the ones that live. Has nothing to do with spiritual salvation, it's a physical salvation. Look at Matthew chapter 19. There's a promised reward for proclaiming this name and being gathered together in this name. Matthew 19, 21. Everyone that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. Inheritance is different. It isn't something, you know, you can have eternal life, everlasting life, and not have an inheritance. You want to have an inheritance, do what the Bible says. But notice it's for my name's sake, just like it is in Revelation chapter 2. We do things for his name's sake. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Sinners are washed. Sinners are sanctified. Sinners are justified in the name of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 6.11 He says, And such were some of you, 
talking about some sins that you might have had. But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. How are you washed? How are you sanctified? How are you justified in the name of Jesus? How important is that name? I can't even express to you the importance of that name. It's far beyond what you or I can imagine. Now I'm going to go back to the book of Acts. Now I'm going to run several references. So go to Acts chapter 2. I'm going to run several references just in the book of Acts. And with this, I want to just emphasize that name and realize that I'm not doing an exhaustive search, but it ought to give you a feel of how important that name is. In the early church, Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter speaking to the Jews, he says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. You ought to repent in the name. You ought to be baptized in the name. Now, you know, there's some controversy. Is it the name of Jesus or is it the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost? We baptize the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Why? Because that is the name of Jesus. It says, in the name, not names of, in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Ghost. What is that name? That's the name of Jesus. That's just, that's just common grammar, common English. Look at Acts chapter 3. Peter's speaking to the lame man. And I'm just quoting parts of this, but verse 6 says, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. <clears throat> Peter was able to heal somebody at that time. So he says, In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Look at verse 16. Peter's speaking to the men of Israel. He says, And in his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong. What made the man strong? His name. Faith in his name made that lame man walk. Nothing else. Oh, by the way, welcome back, Larry and Melody. I've been so whacked out. I, didn't, I saw Larry because he came up here, but I didn't see Melody. Welcome back. Glad you're back. Good smile. Thanks. I like your dude. Both your dudes look good. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to stop the message and take care of business. Look at chapter 4, verse 18. The council speaking to Peter and John, this is what they commanded them in verse 18. Not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. Can you imagine? In some countries, they don't want you teaching or preaching or speaking in that name. No different than here. And I'll tell you what, in America, we're getting that way in a lot of places. You can, you can speak in a lot of religious names, but don't you dare speak in the name of Jesus. Why? It's offensive. The world doesn't like it. Isn't that what we're looking at? So what I'm telling you is I say double down, but don't double down just because you're trying to be arrogant. Double down because you love Jesus. You love that name. He's God. And we ought to recognize this God. He's the creator of the universe. You know why evolution is so bad? Because they destroy the name of Jesus. Right. And God said in Genesis 1, who's the creator? The Bible says Jesus Christ the creator. What they're doing is they're destroying that name. Yes. It's either evolution or it's God. Evolution or Jesus. That's it. Look at uh, chapter 4 again. Look at verse 30. 
Peter and the apostles are praying and they, they said that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. I really don't know why they have that in there like that. I studied the Bible a long time and I better figure out why they said the holy child Jesus. You figure it out, tell me. Don't guess. Look at the high priest in chapter 5 of Acts. Commanding them again. In verse 28. We command you that you should not teach in this name. That's what they're commanding you. That you not teach in this name. The council speaking to the apostles in Acts chapter 5 verse 40. They commanded they should not speak in the name of Jesus. That's the council speaking to the apostles. In verse 41. Rejoicing, they were counted worthy to suffer shame for His name. You see, there is no true shame. But they were able to sh suffer shame for His name. A lot of people don't want to be shamed. A lot of people don't want to suffer for Him. But listen, it's important that we put Christ first. It's important that we lift that name up. It's important that He have the preeminence in all things. That's why I told you, it's dangerous. When people mention Paul, Paul, Paul. Paul's just a servant. Right. Yeah, he wrote more Bible than anybody else as far as the he penned more Bible. God let him. Yes. He was still a man like us. Maybe. Look at verse 41. The apostles. Rejoicing they are counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Look at chapter 9 now. Chapter 9. Ananias speaking to the Lord. Acts chapter 9 verse 14. That they had authority from the chief priests to bind all that caused that call my name. Speaking about the apostle Saul at the time. He said, I understand he has authority from the chief priests to do what? To bind all that call on thy name. What's the issue? Calling on that name. Why? Calling on that name seemed to do something to somebody. What did it do? It saved their soul, changed their life. They became a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. What will happen to you if you call on that name in salvation? You'll be changed. What happens when you get changed? Well, there are going to be people that don't like you. Sure. But then there are going to be people like me that like you a lot. Which do you want? Me or the world? You see, when you call on Jesus, it makes a difference in your life. And the world sees that difference. And if the world's the world, the world hates Jesus, the world's going to hate you. The apostles said, boy, weren't they, weren't they, 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 felt, they felt unworthy to, to, to suffer shame for that, for that name. They, they, they felt... Listen, it was important for them to stand for the truth and say, it doesn't matter what the world throws at us, we're going to stand true. Look at uh, verse 15. The Lord speaking to Ananias about Saul, he says, Go thy way, for he that is Saul is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Notice the order, Gentiles first. That's why he was out of the will of God when he chose Jerusalem first. He chose Israel first. Right. His ministry 
started with Israel to go to them first and then turned to the Gentiles once they blasphemed. But once he had told them, oh, I turned to the Gentiles, your blood should be upon your own hands. He was supposed to be done with that. He was supposed to refocus on what his primary mission was. And that was to go to the Gentiles. Look at verse 16. The Lord speaking to Ananias. He says, for I will show him, that is, God will show Saul, how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Listen, you know, there's a lot of people that have suffered for that name. That's not just the name. He said, when you call upon the name and you get saved, that's the whole issue. Then once you're saved, you identify with that name. We were talking about baptism the other day. I was talking to Brian about baptism, and Amber wants to talk about it. And I said, listen, that's what it is. You're identifying with the death, burial, resurrection of Christ. You're identifying with that name. Now, what is that? It can be offensive. You know what you have to say? Hey, I'm going to stand true to God. That's right. And I'm not going to worry what man may think. Do you know, do you know that there are countries that you can, you can call on the name, but once you get baptized in that name, you are, you are Jews are one, for instance, the Jewish people, the, the Jews that become Christians, they can do anything, but once they get baptized... They're ostracized by their family. Why? Because that's the public confession. Yes. Once you've done that as a Jew, converted Jew, they go, you're serious. And they just write you off. Some other religions do that. So, well, you know, why why you gotta get baptized? Well, you gotta understand that you, you can talk to people about Jesus, but once you make that public profession, boy, it can it, it makes a big difference among some people. Now, you can just go through the motions, but that's not what baptism is about. Right. Look at Acts chapter 9. Barnabas speaking to the apostles. Look at verse 27. He's, Barnabas is, is talking about Saul. He says he preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. What's the common denominator of all these? It's the name of Jesus. What made the difference? Well, he said, listen, I heard him preaching that name. And you know what? And he preached that name. They wanted to kill him for preaching that name. They, com they commanded Peter, don't preach the name. The apostles, don't preach that name. Saul's preaching that name. What showed them that he was real when he preached that name? Look at uh, verse 29. Barnabas speaking to the apostles again. He says, he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus. Boldly. You know what I want to be? I want to be bold. I don't want to be timid. I don't want to say, well, you know, I can lose my job. Now, I don't lose my job for speaking about Jesus, but there are the places where you could. Now, you don't steal your boss's time and do what I, I used to take time from work and do too much evangelization. And you can. You're on the clock. They pay you to work. Yes. Use your break. Use lunch. Use a short opportunity, but don't spend 30 minutes of your boss's time talking about Jesus. That's a bad testimony. Oh, yeah, I'm telling you that. I've done it. Don't, don't, don't think I'm preaching to you. Look at Acts chapter 21. Paul speaking to the believers. 
And this was the verse that we looked at earlier in our study in Acts. He says in verse 13, he says, For I am ready, and he goes on, to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. I am ready to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. He was ready. But it wasn't God's will. It wasn't God's will for Paul to go to Jerusalem and die because he wanted him to go to Rome. He wrote the majority of his books in the prison cell in Rome. Paul, I'm not finished with it. Paul says, that, you know, it's better for me to depart, but it's more needful for me if I stay. But at some point he was saying, man, I don't care how needful it is, I'm ready to go. There was somebody caught up to heaven, the Bible says, and he saw unspeakable things. Remember that? We don't know if it was Paul or not. But if he did see it, that tells you how come we don't get to see him. Because we might become so focused on heaven that we forget hell, we forget those that are going to hell, and forget that we need to talk to them about Jesus Christ, and we need to evangelize, and we need to spend our waking hours, our days, the rest of our life, talking and evangelizing and trying to let the world know about the gospel. But you get your sights on heaven, you go, oh, I'm not, you know, I, I don't, uh, I'd rather be there. This is all of us would rather be there to some degree. Just remember, it's the name of Jesus. Look at Philippians chapter 2, and this I'll be closing. The focus of the gospel appeal and its opposition revolve around the name of Jesus. I mentioned transliterated names of Jesus. They can be smoke screens. They sound spiritual, but they lack the power of His name. God exalted His Son and gave Him a name. It's the highest name of all. In Philippians 2.9, he says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in the earth, things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of the glory of God the Father. Amen. That's what it says. It's that name. It's that name. Make sure you understand how important that name is. Make sure you don't take the name of the Lord in vain. That's what the world does. Hollywood loves to say, and I remember I was in a movie, it may have been one of the last ones I went to, it was, it was 15, 20 years ago. And I remember being in that movie theater and um, might have been longer than that. I, I don't remember what it was. <clears throat> but the one time everybody laughed, you know, I will say Jesus H. Christ or Jesus Christ. And everybody just broke out in laughter. Because it was put in there in a way to elicit a response. And everybody, I was disgusted. Most everybody in there laughed at that name. That's called taking the name of the Lord in vain. That's what the world wants you to do. It wants you to discount that name. 
and that is why they use as a byword or a cuss word, really. And it's called taking the name of the Lord in vain. Just don't be guilty of it. Realize how important that name is. And back to Revelation chapter 2, verse 3, I'll, I'll read it again. It says, talking about that church in Ephesus, it says, and hast borne and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored, hast not fainted. You know what? You need to labor, not faint, for that name's sake. That name's sake. All right, let's all stand together. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for many blessings. We just ask that you guide me and direct in all things. Lord, we need you to emphasize to us the importance of that name. Help us never to take these things for granted. Help us to never use the name of the Lord in vain. But help us to live for thee. In Jesus' name, for your sake, amen. Your heads bowed, eyes closed. God's spoken to you in some way.